0: And discover why Noble Gold Investments is the only choice for smart, secure gold investments. Or call them at 877-646-5347. Again, that's 877-646-5347. Ladies and gentlemen, I am back after having COVID for the past week or so. November 3rd, and apologies for being gone. My first segment, I'm going to break down what happened, because I think it's really important, how I got sick, what I was treated with, and it was ivermectin, it was monoclonal antibodies. I think you need to hear this. In our next story, we have major news. Republicans win in Virginia? Wow. Red wave incoming. In our last story, thousands of firefighters and thousands of city workers are calling out sick, defying vaccine mandates in New York. I'll play upon my experiences getting COVID to explain why I think the mandates won't work. Now, before we get started, leave us a good review and give us five stars. Now, let's get into that first story. This past week, I have not been producing videos because I tested positive for COVID-19 on Friday, and I had an extremely serious case. Now, I don't know how far it would have gone had I not gotten medical intervention, which I did. I don't make it sound like I wasn't intubated or anything, and uh, I wasn't rushed to the ER or anything like that, but I did have to go and seek treatment, and I received what one would refer to as the kitchen sink. But before I get into all of these details, I want to start with a a special thank you to Joe Rogan, and um, legitimately... From the bottom of my heart, here, uh, me, everyone here are extremely grateful uh, uh, to Joe and his support, and I'm gonna, I'll break all this down, but I just wanted to say that it, right away, because it really does mean a lot. Um, but uh, I'll explain everything that happened, and I think it's a really important story that people should, should know about. So, on Wednesday, we did a show on Timcast IRL, it was just before the show we got word that one of our employees here had, they had just tested positive. And we're not 100% sure with these things. Uh, I, I was told by you know a nurse that these at-home tests are not that good. And I was like, okay, well, look, you know we, we gotta take this stuff seriously. Um, so you may have noticed that Luke and Ian didn't do the show because, well, for safety reasons, we're like, we're gonna minimize everything. But, uh, you know, we, we explained it to our guests and then said, uh, we're ba- you're basically here. It's, it's up to you. Um, everybody seemed fine. We did have uh, uh, one person who was, who, who was sick at the house, but we didn't know exactly with what. And it didn't seem like COVID. So it just seemed like a cold. Now, we definitely want to take things seriously, so, you know, Luke is very adamant and he has all the protocols, like, no, no joke, like, Luke legit was like, here's what we're going to disinfect, we're going to open up the windows, get ventilation, you know, he, he did a really, really great job, um, but at the same time, my attitude was, we'll do this, absolutely. And also, let's not be paranoid, you know, because look, colds still exists. There's, there's still illnesses that are out there. And I'm not going to pretend that I'm not going to freak out and act every single time someone gets a headache that we're going to, oh, it's COVID, shut everything down, you know, we can't live that way. We can't. Um, but so we did take it seriously. I was feeling fine. And this is the crazy thing. I was like, I don't feel sick. I was like, maybe, maybe I'm sick. I don't know. I don't think so. I, I just felt fine that night. Wednesday night, uh, I went to bed and I woke up feverish, drenched in sweat. And so I was like, well, look, the only real symptom I had after I woke up was a headache. And I was like, if I am getting sick and it is COVID, you know, maybe it won't be that bad, but I'll just say right now, as we get into all of this, this was the worst experience I've ever had with an illness and uh i I genuinely believe if I did not get uh, the, the the treatments that I got, the kitchen sink, if you know what that is, uh, monoclonal antibodies, um, I got prescribed ivermectin uh, I did uh, Z pack and some emergency and, 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 and some other emergency like if you are not breathing stuff so um, i I truly believe the monoclonal antibodies are what uh it, pulled me out of everything but I, I, I just wanted to make sure that was in the forefront of the video but but I'll, but I'll, but I'll explain I'll, I want to go through everything so uh, you know I wake up it's Thursday you may have seen the post I made on this channel and my other channel saying that I had a headache for the most part but I was going to play it safe and that was that was it I mean I had a, I was drenched in sweat but when I woke up I didn't feel like I, I, I that night I slept I woke up drenched in sweat but I didn't feel bad It was just like I was like, wow, I'm sweaty. What this is crazy, you know, I didn't feel that sick. And I I got a headache and I was just like, I'm gonna have to take a day off, right? And I was like, maybe I'll be fine tomorrow because I don't know how serious it's gonna hit me. And here's genuinely what I thought. Look, I'm 35, so I'm under the high I'm nowhere near the high risk factors for for COVID 19. I exercise all the time. I mean, you see us watching we, we skate. I've been skateboarding for a couple for a couple decades. I've been rollerblading more and uh, I, I like... You know what I like about it? It's, it's a, with rollerblading, it's more of a full-body workout, too, especially. But so I exercise all the time. I mean, we're in the half pipe. My heart rate's through the roof. My, my blood's flowing. I've been eating way better over the past several months, cutting out, br- I know, bread, sugars, garbage, just eating, you know, meats and veggies. Got to eat more veggies for sure. But, and so I'm thinking, like, even if this... You know, look, I'll probably be fine. So I figure I'll take Thursday off. We'll see how I feel tomorrow. Thursday night, it escalated so quickly, the, the illness, from being fine Wednesday to waking up drenched in sweat uh, in the morning uh, of Thursday, but still not feeling sick, to Thursday night, I, I, I felt like death. Um, I didn't feel like I was dying. No, I'm just being like, I was like, ah, like it was excruciatingly painful. And so I'm like, take some ibuprofen. And uh, I'm going to go to bed, and hopefully when I wake up on Friday, I'm feeling a lot better. And I couldn't sleep at all. That night, it was impossible to sleep. Uh, My head started throbbing. My fever uh, went way up. I uh, wasn't coughing, but my body started to hurt. It was pretty bad. And I thought to myself... Still not as bad as when, it, it didn't feel as bad as when I had the flu, but let me just say that uh, it was substantially worse than the flu, and uh, wow, wow, wow. So let me just, we'll just keep going, okay? So Friday, um, now it's into Friday, and I'm not sleeping. Uh, I, I, I was, close my eyes, and then I'd wake up in agony, and uh, drenched in sweat, just feverish, so Friday, it started to get really, really bad, and I called a, a, a local, I decided to call a local urgent care clinic, and I asked them, look, I don't know what I should do. I know, I, I, I re, I, I know a lot about, uh, you know, COVID. I'm not a doctor or anything, but I, I've read enough about it, and um, I'm like, what should I do? And uh, it, was, it, was a, it was a terrible experience um, calling this urgent care facility, it was a bad facility, uh, I, <laughs> that's all I can really say, I guess, they were just like, why don't, why don't you come in for some tests, and I was like, well, I just took a COVID test, and it came out positive, positive." and they were like, uh-huh, well, you know, well, why don't you come in, and we'll take some more tests, and I'm like, for what, you know, I, I, I was like, okay, I mean, sure, absolutely, if that's what you think I need, but, um, Like, what would we do after this? Like, if the tests just come back and say, you know, that I am positive. Like, oh, well, you know, we don't do anything. We don't prescribe anything for this. And I said, okay. So is this this like a stay home and get a bed rest kind of thing? And they were like, yeah, it's a virus. And I said, okay. And now I I, got to keep a lot of some of the details um, for for privacy reasons going through the story, especially – you know, the people who are sick and things like that. So I got to be a little vague, but the, the issue of ivermectin did come up. And as, as you all know, ivermectin is not approved by the FDA for, for treating COVID. And uh, uh, so when this, w- when this came up, I was talking about potential, uh, is, there, is there anything I could take? I, I mean, would you recommend vitamins? Is there something I don't know? And it, it was expressed to me by the urgent care that they are, their understanding was that there have been several studies showing ivermectin has helped people in uh, dealing with with COVID early on. And I said, and that was that's that what they said. That's what that's what, the, the, what I was told. And then I said, okay, is that something I should get? And they said, the FDA has not approved this for use in, in treating COVID. And then they just stopped. And I'm like, Okay, and like, what does this mean? And so I was like, does that mean that, you know, people are asking their doctors for it, like to opt in or, and they said, no, uh, they will not prescribe it. And I was like, okay, now here, at this point, look, I've been skeptical on, on, on ivermectin. I understand the data. I understand, um, what was it Udar Pr- uh, Pradesh? I think I'm getting the name wrong in India and stuff like that. And I'm just like, I think the, the issue with it was that. You know, people. There are studies that that have been positive. There are studies that have been inconclusive, and I think that really is the simple answer. I don't tend to believe in big conspiracy or anything like that, and I still don't. And what um, what I think I think people are worried about is that if everybody just assumes this is some kind of you know they uh, they assume it's more effective than it is, then they might forego other, other potential treatments or maybe even ignore their doctors or things like that. And so my attitude is, and now still is, talk to your doctor. And I'll tell you why. Because I did find a different doctor. So I'm feeling miserable. And I end up, um, like, it's, it's getting really, really bad. It got so bad that I, I uh, uh, just started, you know, I was talking to friends. You know, I'm like, I don't know, man, I'm, I'm, I'm getting pretty worried I'm feeling extremely bad, um, I, had a, I, started, I, I didn't have like a strong cough, I started getting a cough and I'm like, it, it escalated so rapidly that I was concerned that if I, if, the, if, if I didn't do something, like I was on the verge of hospitalization, uh, like emergency room I, I'm not saying that I was at the point where I was like, oh no, I better go to the hospital. I was like, if this does get worse at this rate, by the end of the weekend, I'm probably going to be rushed to the ER because I'm I, I'm not feeling it getting any better, and that was strange to me because I've gotten sick before, and I I, I understand how these sicknesses go. In fact, I, I usually don't get sick. We, we take everything seriously here. We, we, we've got hand sanitizers. I wash my hands. Plus, you understand, we got the Chicken City. So I'm always washing up and, and, and making sure we're, we're, you know things are being kept clean. And we, we have a cleaning service that comes in because we don't want people to get sick. I mean, especially with COVID. So you know what? Um, I talked to some friends. And one of those friends was Joe Rogan. I know that Joe Rogan got what I think he referred to it as the kitchen sink. He got monoclonal antibodies. He got ivermectin, azithromycin, and I believe he also did NAD, nicotinamide adenine dinucleotide, with a a vitamin drip, and that seemed to me like a lot. But I was also, uh, man, it was. was, I'm thinking to myself, I don't want to overreact. I'm not that guy. I'm not the kind of person to, to do NAD, you know, You know, Joe Rogan is very much that he talks on his show about this stuff and, 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 and about like DMT and I don't, I don't do any of that. I don't drink, I don't smoke, no tattoos, no piercings. I'm not the kind of person who's going to, you know, get uh, these, these kinds of treatments. And, uh, but it got to that point where I, I talked to Joe about it. Joe encouraged me not to, to, to ignore it you know, basically, look, man, you got to take this seriously. COVID is extremely serious. And he encouraged me to talk to, to to find a better doctor, uh, to to, to put it simply. And so I said, okay, okay. Um, And I was like, I'm not, I'm not calling Joe for medical advice on, um, you know, what he thinks the appropriate treatments are. I think that would be silly. But I do think that he received medical advice that made him feel better. And that's what I'm interested in. And so that's what I wanted to talk to him about. And I uh, ended up calling, a, uh, uh, looking around, finding a private practice who I, I talked to them and, and told them how I was feeling. And they shared the concerns that I actually did too. So this is why I tell people talk to a doctor because I had a bad experience with one doctor and they said, sleep it off, have a good day. And then I said, maybe I need to find a better doctor. Uh, and I did. And they said, look, you know, if this progresses the way you're explaining it, this could be worrying and we don't want to see you end up um you know in the emergency room or anything like that so we want you to get treated and I, I also think that um for a lot of i think money drives a lot of this i don't care if they're a good doctor or a bad doctor i think they you know the the the, the one hospital was like why don't you come in and get the tests because they're like we're going to bill you and i think these other doctors who are great and and prescribed this stuff for me were also thinking like we're going to bill you it just it's like so I think there are two sides to that coin. So when uh, I talked to this, this, this doctor, um, I actually, you know, said, look, uh, w- you know, we've got other people who are getting sick and we want to make sure everybody, you know, gets treated uh, to the best of the, to, uh, they, they can get treated. And um, so there were a few other people, um, the people on the show, you know, who got treated. And um, I'll say, I want to uh, man, this is a crazy story. So let me say a few more things. We had four negative tests four negative tests. So when I'm thinking on Friday, you know, I'm like still not sure I have covid because it was like the symptom was a headache and fever and I'm like but it could be. We had some some of our employees and some of our friends had tested negative, four people, and I said, "Okay, we got we got a, we got a cold, you know? It's it's it must not be covid." And then it turned out to be covid. So then, you know, Friday afternoon, I said, all right. Well, I better be sure. And then I took a test, and it came up positive. And I was like, okay, so I have COVID, right? And so then, um, anyway, back. So, so this is this is man. There's a lot to talk about. So anyway, um, I, I talked to this doctor, and they say they want to get me in immediately for these for these for these treatments. And um, I said, you know, absolutely. Uh, I talked to Joe a bit more about it. Told him like Joe they, they want to give me uh, uh, monoclonal antibodies. They want to give me uh, uh, Ivermectin, uh, Z-Pak, and they have some other emergency uh, medications in the event that it goes south. And I got to be completely honest. I, I, I did not want to take the Ivermectin or the z I genuinely believe, and I said this before when Joe got sick, that monoclonal antibodies, it is, it's the Regeneron therapy. That's the company. It's what Donald Trump got. It's, it is under emergency use authorization as a treatment for COVID. It's what Ron DeSantis is giving out. And I was like, this to me sounds like legit. And because I'm still that trust, I'm still trusting and I'm still, you know, skeptical in a lot of things as much as everybody in the world might be, you know, uh, all the people on one side might be saying ivermectin, other people might be saying you know, something else. I'm like, you know, far be it from me to criticize the wisdom of Don Lemon. I mean, certainly if the doctor prescribed, no, I'm kidding. Uh, so the doctor prescribed it. And uh, so I ended up getting the treatment. And this was on Saturday. Saturday night was the most excruciatingly painful experience I've had of any illness. And I mean this from, I got hit the worst out of anybody that, that we know. And I've heard the horror stories. I've talked about them on here, you know, with Alex Jones. Uh, no, I don't, maybe it wasn't Alex Jones. Um, it might have been. Someone we've had guests on the show talk about how they've had very very they had they had it before and it was a very very bad experience and it was terrifying and they went to the hospital and stuff like that. I don't think that that was Jones though, um, but so yeah, so I got it really 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 bad to the point where I was like, I will I will do anything, please help. So anyway, I got the I got the treatment. Um, I ended up receiving immediately uh, monoclonal antibodies, NAD—that's uh, nicotinamide uh, adenine dinucleotide it's like a b vitamin derivative and i ended up getting a vitamin drip and um some painkillers that night it was i was delirious i was hallucinating i hadn't slept properly in days i hadn't eaten in days i had tried eating soup i was doing like a emergency you know the vitamin drink and uh so it was bad and i was uh struggling to breathe i was <sighs> and and i was like if this Treatment didn't work, I'm in serious, serious trouble. At 4 a.m. That was it. I stood up and I wasn't sick. I mean I was sick, but I was just like, what just happened? All of a sudden, I just felt better. The the the, the pain started to go off in waves. I like my balance was back. I was breathing deeply. And uh, I was just like, wow. And uh, I sat down, started binge-watching House MD, because I've been, I've been watching that for the past several days. And then I was just like, I feel better. I feel, I feel way better. At this point, I had not taken ivermectin, just the, just the uh, um, monoclonal antibodies, the, the uh, NAD, and the vitamins. And I think those all played a substantial, a significant role. Uh, now, I will stress... In order to get these treatments, I called a doctor. We did a health screening. They explained to me the risk factors. When I, when I was getting the treatment, they checked my lungs. They said my lungs were bad, and, um, but not, not bad enough that I couldn't get it. I had moderate symptoms, but um, eligible for, for, for the therapy. And, you know, it's a good thing I got in when I did. And then um, Sunday it was i was feeling better i was i was feeling better still sick uh but but feeling better and so i decided that you know i still need some time to uh uh, to you know recover and and obviously we we can't do the shows and stuff like that until everybody is starting to feel better so i think we should have everything back to normal starting today but uh i will say something else so I, i i i i talked to my doctor again saying hey look i feel fantastic like do I really need to take the z pack and the ivermectin? Because I kind of don't want to. And they said, yes, you have to. And I said, okay, but now the media is going to start claiming I'm taking horse dewormer or something. I don't want people uh, to think that uh, uh, I'm certainly not encouraging anything. And I was hesitant to even do this because I know that, look, I can, I can come out and just lie and say I never got it. But I think it's important uh, to know exactly uh, 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 what's out there that helped me get better. And they told me, I have to take it. They, they, they were concerned about, um, I was told that there are people who, it, it comes in waves, right? People will get sick with COVID, start feeling better, and then say, hey, I'm all good. And then a couple of days later, bam, get hit again. And they were like, you need to finish off the entire treatment. And I said, okay, so I've been taking, uh, uh, so I am now doing the full, you know, kitchen sink r- regimen. Uh, I've done the, the. Uh, we did a follow-up NAD. Uh, uh, n- okay, again, it's nicotinamide, adenine, dinucleotide, I, adenine, I think I'm pronouncing it right, uh, follow-up and vitamin drip. And I really do think that helped. All I know is I can say, all I can say is that Uh, you know, I talked to a doctor about it and they were the ones who said, these are the treatments. Now here's what you got to, what you got to understand this, this, this therapy, the, the monoclonal antibodies, this is what Ron DeSantis is doing in Florida for people. And when I, when I got sick and, and experiencing how bad it was. And then when I got this treatment, I realized how amazing Ron DeSantis is. I, I know, you know, I've talked about him doing a good job before, but this is an expensive treatment. And they've been providing it to regular people who are getting sick and experiencing how, how much better I felt so quickly from it. I'm impressed that there is a governor who is prioritizing regular working people to this degree that they would receive this. Because I'm, I'm going to tell you something. Um, you know, I talked to Joe and he was like, you got to get better, man. You can't ignore it. You got to find a doctor here's the therapy I got, you know, I felt better. And I was like, I'm going to do it. I'm going to find this, like, I'm going to, I'm going to call the doctor, I'm gonna talk to him about these things. And uh, I'll I'll just say, uh, Joe, I have no words for the gratitude that I feel to to Joe for his support. Because not only that, but after I called him back and said, we're getting the therapy, he was like, I'm going to take care of it for you. And I was just like, you sure? He's like, bro, bro, He's like, get better, man. You know, this is something very, very serious. I think uh, it's absolutely disgusting. You know, what the media did. We talked about it a lot on IRL. What what the media said about him, what CNN, they, they, how they lied about it. Now, it was one thing for sure when I'm like, they're lying about Joey. Like he, he went to a doctor. I experienced it firsthand. I I I called a doctor and I'm like, do I really got to do ivermectin and z pack? And they're like, we're going to prescribe you medication and trust us. And I said okay, and then even then I still said, "Do you still think I need to take this?" I don't want to be. I don't. I, isn't it silly? Why? Why are we in this position where I have to say anything like that? I should just be like, "Thanks, doc. Uh, thanks for the advice." YouTube could ban me for 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 telling you. It's it's absolutely insane. It's it's absolutely completely bonkers, but um. I don't want to say, I'm not going to speak too much about the other people here, because we did, a lot of people get sick, got sick, and, um, you know, we did a full, uh, uh, like, windows open, disinfecting, cleaning out, uh, employees were told not to come back in, because we don't want to get anybody sick, and uh, again, we, we, we let, 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 man, let me get into the to some, some of the very, very important details about what all of this means. For one, again, man, Joe, you are a lifesaver, you are a great guy, and I am eternally grateful. No joke, this is, you know, just... He didn't, he, I, I, he didn't give me medical advice other than to t- find a doctor who's going to talk to me seriously about what's going on and stuff like that. And uh, I think it's kind of funny, you know, that like he has he, he like, talk to a doctor, man. You can't, you got to take it seriously, dude. And I'm like, okay. Because my, my alternative was like, well, I called the urgent care and they said I'd be fine and just to sleep it off. And, you know, but I was talking to friends about it. I'm like, hey, you got, like, did you get this? How did you feel? And I know Joe went through it. So here's, here's some of the very important things about what what, what, what we were doing. Uh, we had an event on Saturday. I don't think it had anything to do with the event. Uh, uh, I don't think the, the employee who, who got sick, this was on Wednesday. And uh, so, you know, and this individual wasn't anywhere near the event, Doesn't have any, didn't have anything to do with the event. And so we think that's how it ended up in the house, and it happened quick. So, uh, you know, I got sick quick. But the, the, the other thing, too, is, you know, for the event we did, it wasn't, shoulder to shoulder. Um, we had an out, we had an outdoor area. So, um, it was, it was decently ventilated place. Um, it was, uh, it was packed, but like not shoulder to shoulder, you know, people were easily able to walk around and move around, but you know, look, these things happen. We were obviously taking it seriously as I always do. I'm not, I'm not this like, look, look, look at my attitude even towards ivermectin and stuff like that. I'm not you know, on on one side of the issue about this, like, no, I was like, we want to take this seriously, of course, but we can't live this way. We can't hide. You know, we, 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 we warn people, people understand the risks we looked at for people who are sick and things like that. And we didn't see anything like that. Did you know fast growing trees is the biggest online nursery in the U S with more than 10,000 different kinds of plants and over 2 million happy customers in the U S But, um, back at, you know, at work, someone ended up coming in and then later when they got sick, they tested positive and that was it, you know, it, it hit the castle. And this is why it's so, uh, um, it's so important to understand the severity of COVID is that it's novel. Like it hit a lot of people real quick. Now here's where it gets screwed up. I said, okay, you know, well, we need tests Four people who were sick, tested negative, And I said, we must've caught a cold. And as it turns out, it was worse than that. So here's what I did learn. We've, we've got uh, employees here who are vaccinated and unvaccinated. There's, there's two interesting things I can say. We've had a breakthrough case. One of our vaccinated employees uh, ended up getting sick. Um, mild to moderate symptoms. Nothing too bad. I think they'll be fine. We have a, another uh, um, couple of pair of employees who actually are uh, in a relationship and live together. One vaccinated, one not. The vaccinated employee never got sick. Surprise, surprise. So, you know, for me, I'm kind of like, the plural of anecdote is not data. Um, when I see somebody who, uh, you know, who's vaccinated and get sick, I'm like, well, when did they get vaccinated? Turns out a long time ago. And so I'm like, okay. And then what do we have now? Well, the employee who was vaccinated and didn't get sick got it three months ago. I'm not advising you to do anything. Um, just because a doctor prescribed me stuff doesn't mean you should do it. The stuff that I got, I was screened for. Some people actually got rejected for, and that's why that that's why I say it's so important to talk to a doctor, before, talk to talk to a doctor before getting any any treatment. And if you're having a, a bad doctor, this is exactly as I said it. You know, I was like, if you call your doctor and they give you and, and they don't give you a good enough answer or you're concerned, get a second opinion. Literally, what I did, and the second opinion was like, we want to give you this, this this full this full treatment because you sound really bad. Now, as part of the screening they took all my information down but they did a lung check because there are parameters and they said not only were my lungs healthy enough for the treatment but that they were bad enough to where they thought I really needed it and so from that I got the regeneron monoclonal antibody treatment or whatever i think it's i think uh, uh it's 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 extremely important that people understand all of this stuff that you you understand um that there are these therapies, for me, it seems to have worked out really well because I can only explain it as, you know, I know when Joe said he got sick, he said the first day sucked. I'm like, sucked is not how I felt. Uh, I, was, I was like, I was going, <gasps> <gasps> and uh, I feel like if I didn't get the, the, the uh, monoclonal antibodies, I probably would have had to go in the ER instead of just going and getting, you know, this, this, this treatment. So I'm grateful to the, the doctors and the nurses. And, um, as much as I, uh, you know, don't, didn't want to be doing the, the z ivermectin stuff. Um, I'm going to follow the instructions of my doctor as I think people should all follow the instructions of their doctors. And, you know, uh, I'll say this too. I didn't ask the doctor for anything. Uh, it's not like I called Joe and then I was like, okay, now I'm going to call a doctor and ask them to give me identical stuff. I didn't, I said, you know, what should I do? Because I don't, I don't like seeding ideas in people's minds. You know what I mean? I don't like calling the doctor and then being like, Hey, what about this treatment? Would that be right for me? And then the doctor just says, sure. No, no, no. I want to know what the doctor's true and honest opinion was. And you know, they prescribed this stuff to me. As I stated, um, I would not want to be taking ivermectin. Now, we we, we do have uh, some other people here who had prescription for ivermectin, and uh, that I, I'll just I don't, I don't want to give away too many private. Uh, I want to give away too many details for other people, or but I, but I can just say that um, what made me feel better, I think, was the the uh, monoclonal antibodies. And uh, I, think, I think that's really what did it. I think that was true for, for Joe. I don't know about anything else. Um, I can't speak for him. But uh, uh, I think that's what did it for me. So we are not having any guests on IRL. It's going to be probably just me, Luke, uh, Ian, Lydia for the next few days. But uh, we're going to then get everyone to test negative. And then once we do... Resume things back to normal. We've already disinfected twice, opened up all the windows. Uh, no one's been here. Uh, we only the people who are who are quarantined here are quarantined here. and um, so I think things are going to uh, get back to normal. Uh, here's Here's what I'll say about the mandates. I think it proved it proved, I think a lot of this just pro- made me makes me feel like I was right the whole time. Negative testing did nothing. We, we, we were like, okay, we got people getting sick. Let's do a bunch of tests. And then we're negative. And so I'm like, okay, we're good. Okay, the negative test. Thank you very much. If we ignored that and just said, let's treat it like COVID, maybe, maybe we could have mitigated this a bit better. Uh, uh, I think the mandates just don't won't do anything. You know, if people are going to get sick and they bring it, it happens. So I don't know what else to say, I guess, other than um, I've got this pre- the prescription remaining from my doctor that I'll be, that I'll be taking. Um, and just think it's important. People know about it. I'm all fine, hopefully. And uh, I look forward to being accused of all uh, of the media lying about me and, and my, my prescriptions and my medication. I got a prescription. I got a bag right here with prescriptions from a doctor. Like, let me see if I can, uh... there's a prescription bottle. <laughs> Like, yeah, yeah, okay, okay, let me, let me, uh, I don't want to have any private details on it, but, uh, you know, there's a, there's a prescription bottle, I don't want a prescription bottle there, so, um, yeah, all right, I'll leave it there, let's get back to it, let's get back to work, next segment will be up at 1 p.m., man, we got so much news, we got the Rittenhouse trial, we got New Jersey's on, hanging on the wire, the governorship race, we got um, Virginia, wow, Youngkin, I can't believe it. I mean, I can't believe it, but wow. So um, thanks for listening. We'll see how, uh, we'll see how, uh, maybe, you know, the media likes to ignore me and hopefully they continue to do so, but uh, I'll leave it there. Thanks for hanging out and I'll see you all at 1 p.m. Democrats got crushed last night in more than just one election, because I'm sure you've heard the news. Youngkin wins Virginia, and this is big because we've been following Loudoun County and the story about these schools for some time. But it's not just Virginia. In New Jersey, the race is too close to call. How this is possible, I I can only speculate. Culture war issues, perhaps. But this should have been a sweep for the Democrat, for Murphy, in New Jersey. Instead, it's neck and neck. And many outlets are refusing to call it. It's going back and forth. I ultimately think that Murphy is going to win. But, you know, we'll see in the long run. In several local races in Pennsylvania, in New York, Republicans are winning. And this should terrify Democrats. At the very least, that's what Vice is saying. Democrats should be terrified after last night's election results. Pennsylvania, Long Island, Virginia, and almost an upset in New Jersey. It's showing that culture war issues matter, that people are sick and tired of this cult dictating what's going on. And what we see in the Democratic Party is psychosis. They say that, oh, there's a civil war between the moderates and the progressives and the Democrats. No, I think Ben Shapiro made this point. You've got Manchin and you've got Cinema, two Democrats saying, hey, $3.5 trillion might be too much. So you actually have the progressives. Joe Biden, who is appointing people based on social justice merits, which is to say not merit at all, just criteria based on identity. But then you have the fringe of the cult that push even further and even harder, who are saying that we need more of, of this, you know, what's going on in Loudoun County schools, that white people are evil, that they're, they're giving kids books about adult activities. Like that's gone too far for the average person. The New York Times has a chart showing the swing from the Democratic vote to the Republican vote. It is massive. The changes in Virginia from the last election one year ago to today, it's a it, it, I'll tell you what it is. It's a bunch of red arrows going to the right. It's absolutely insane, but I think I, I'm, I'm just I'm optimistic now. I'm glad to see. That people are finally waking up to the things that we've been talking about, the problems that we've been pointing out. And they're realizing it's having a real impact. But ultimately, as it pertains to Virginia and Youngkin's victory, I think Steve Bannon was right. I love saying that, by the way, because when I had him on Timcast IRL, he said that moms are going to freak out when they see what schools are doing to their kids. He came back on the show and says, I didn't realize how right I was. And now we see the election results, because what is it? Suburban white women flipped from Joe Biden to the Republican. It's it's not the presidential race. I get it. And what people are saying is it shows that it's not about the Republican Party. It's about Donald Trump. And now many people are saying, I think this goes to show DeSantis needs to be the nominee in 2024. I don't know about all that. I kind of agree. agree. Because we can see that suburban moms are saying like, hey, we'll vote Republican. Just not for that guy. Well, there you go. Democrats tried ignoring what was happening in Loudoun because they knew it was bad. They refused to address critical race praxis, wokeness. And because of it, people are saying no. Across the board. There's one story about I think it's I think it's over in New Jersey, it's the the state Senate president, I believe, is losing to a trucker who only spent 200 bucks to campaign. Why? Because people say enough of the Democratic Party. You know what? I feel I feel that way. Now, McAuliffe has conceded to Yunkin. This is it. This is big, big news. Virginia could be shifting red once again. But let's go through all of the data we currently have. And I want to talk to you about the Democrats dirty tricks. Tiki Gate, the story of the the, the leftist establishment players coming out to Youngkin's event with button up shirts, khakis and tiki torches. That's right. Trying to smear the Republican. There's a lot of dirty tricks. One of them is particularly funny. The Democrats sent out mailers of Donald Trump endorsing Youngkin because they thought it would be bad. I'm sure it just helped him. The Democrats deserve this loss. This says a lot about what's coming in 2022. So let's read the news and see what's going on. Before we do, head over to TimCast.com. Become a member to get access to exclusive members-only segments of the Timcast IRL podcast, as well as an ad-free experience. And as a member, you'll be supporting our fierce and independent journalists who are producing news all day, every day. So we really do appreciate your support. But don't forget to like this video, subscribe to this channel, share the show with your friends. Here's the important big news first from the Daily Mail deflated Terry McAuliffe concedes defeat to Republican Glenn Youngkin in Virginia governor race that leaves Biden and the Democratic Party in peril. They say Youngkin pulled off a stunning upset to beat Democrat Terry McAuliffe with a 2.1 lead for the Republican with 99% of the vote counted. Youngkin, 54, is the state's first red governor since 2009. McAuliffe conceded the race Wednesday morning. While last night we came up short, I am proud that we spent this campaign fighting for the values we so deeply believe in. Another stunner is pending in New Jersey, where GOP candidate Jack Citarelli has a narrow lead over Governor Phil Murphy. Votes are widely viewed as a referendum on Joe Biden's presidency, and defeat will jangle Democrat nerves. Biden won by 10 points in Virginia and 16 points in New Jersey in the presidential election just a year ago. Biden looked shattered. As he arrived at Air Force ba- uh, Andrews Air Force Base after the COP26 climate summit in Scotland. Well, for our first analysis, I will throw it to our good friends, vice.com. Democrats should be terrified after last night's election results. In signs of a building red wave, Republicans just won in Virginia, Pennsylvania, Long Island, and almost pulled off an upset in New Jersey, which we will, which remains to be seen. Apparently, They double counted some county and corrected the error, and it flipped it back for the Republican, but now it's back. This one's a nail biter. Vice says, and we'll just read a little bit because I think this is important. Vice obviously is a lefty outlet, and they're saying Democrats, bad news. You want to know why I use Vice for this one? Because if I came out with some conservative outlet that said Democrats are panicking, the left would be like, no, they're not. Well, this is Vice saying they should be panicking. Vice is not right wing. They say Republican Glenn Young, Youngkin won Virginia's hotly contested gubernatorial election. The first time the GOP has won a governorship since 2009. They say and Republicans swept Pennsylvania's statewide judicial elections, including a victory for Supreme a Supreme Court seat in the key swing state. It's not just the statewide offices that, it, that should have Democrats nervous. They were also defeated in a number of local races on Long Island. The overall results show that Republicans are pissed off turning out in huge numbers and on the march heading into the 2022 midterms as they seek to take back the House, Senate and a bevy of governorships and other offices around the country. Virginia's election was the most closely watched of the night. And Youngkin's win came after he ran hard on critical race theory and schools issues while separating himself from former President Donald Trump, who remains unpopular with swing voters in the Commonwealth. Democrats immediately began infighting with progressives and centrists pointing fingers at one another over whose fault the election results were. Some in both wings of the party sought to tie Democrats' bad night with their ongoing struggles to pass major legislation through Congress. National frustrations with the impact of the COVID-19 Delta surge, supply chain problems, and rising prices likely played a role in these races, too. Now, Democrats should be worried about this. As for what it means going into 2022. Now, we know that because you have Joe Biden, typically in a first term, a president uh, in, in, in the off cycle election, the midterms, you'll get the other party taking over. That, that tends to happen. And 538, many others have said, this is what you can expect. But we also know that aside from that, Joe Biden's approval ratings are in the gutter. Among independents, Civics has him at 25% approval. So it's not about Republicans being pissed off. If Democrats can't figure out that moderates and Republicans think y'all are crazy, they're not going to win. And you know what? Fine. I guess the Republicans are cheering for it. Happy that moderate and independent voters are willing to side with them. Because at the very least, I tell you this, when I watch Youngkin speak and he's like, we shouldn't have kids being taught that they're different based on race. I'm like, I agree. I agree. I mean, to a certain extent, right? I I'm oversimplifying. He didn't say exactly that. His point was that we shouldn't treat people differently on the the basis of their race. And I'm like, yes. And then McAuliffe just comes out and he's like, it's not really happening. It's a lie. When the media, there was an article that was run in in Washington Post that said, parents don't have a right to choose what their kids learn. I was like, y'all just lost. You're going to lose this election. If you think parents don't want a say in what their kids are being taught, because I'll tell you this, if that's your attitude, all right, then what? Bring on creationism? Bring on, bring on religion? What happens if you get a religious teacher in a public school and they're like, I'm going to teach kids whatever they want? No, 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 no. Parents have a say. That's why there are parent-teacher meetings, conferences. That's why people vote for school board, because yes. To come out and be like, either it doesn't exist, we're going to ignore it, especially after that horrifying story of the cover-up that happened in, in Loudoun County, or they're just going to say you have no right to determine what your kids learn that is absolutely insane that's asking to lose now i didn't know which way it was going to go but this is the way it went here's the official uh, uh, new york times post on the election at, at with, with uh, what do we got here 90 more than 95% reported 50.9% for yunkin 48.4 for McAuliffe. that's it it's about 80,000 or so votes it's not going to happen from a call off, but take a look at this. Shift in margin. This is big news and Republicans are going to be high-fiving each other over this one because it means 2022 likely will be the reddest of red waves. Take a look at this. We can see nothing but red arrows pointing to the right. 13 points more Republican, 15 points more Republican, more Republican every single. Look at this one. 18 points more Republican. So what what are we going to get? A red wave. We're going to get a big, fat red wave. Now check this out. New Jersey election results. Right now, the latest data from the New York Times has Phil Murphy up just about 15,000 votes. It is 49.94% to 49.32%. Jack Citarelli should not have been competitive here. Phil Murphy won. I think he won by like double digits last time. New Jersey is deep blue. And I'll tell you what else surprises me. I moved. I lived in New Jersey. We lived in South Jersey. It's where our old studio was. And I said, we got we, we to leave. And he still did this well. Now, if I had stayed, it would have been a handful more votes. But maybe if everyone else did too, a change could have happened. So maybe there is a good argument about not leaving where you are. Voting and fighting for what you, uh, fighting for what you believe in may be the right move. Maybe if people like me actually stayed in Jersey, Citarella would have had a clean sweep. 15,000 people? I wonder how many people left over the failing leadership. The way I saw it was with 2020, it was just, that, that was the referendum, right? Are people going to stand up for themselves, say no to this? And they didn't. They said, no, 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 no. We go blue, baby. We go blue all the way. And I'm like, then if you want it, it's all yours. I'm not going to be here. Now we can see just how close it really is. Only 89% reporting. Things can still change. I'm not sure they will, but it seems like things are going to be going towards a recount. We got this from the New York Post. Possible recount looms in New Jersey governor race as Murphy, Citarelli remain neck and neck. They say every pollster was wrong. This is likely to be a recount race either way. The Garden State's former governor, Chris Christie, told Town Hall early Wednesday, there's a very legitimate chance Jack could win this. No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. In New Jersey, there is no automatic recount. However, any candidate can request a recount within 17 days after an election by applying to a judge of the Superior Court that oversees the district or districts involved in the recount. "Quote: This NJ race is really tight. Jack could win Burlington and smaller uh, and smaller and smaller South." And Northwest are red counties versus what is left in Essex, Camden, etc. recount. Okay, v- v- strange. Let's read. Up. Let's just keep reading. Apparently, gubernatorial candidates are able to request a recount in New Jersey regardless of the margin. We'll see if Cidarelli does this. Murphy may expand his lead a decent amount by the time the remaining votes are counted. I definitely think this is this should be recounted. I think Citarelli should stay and fight. And it's not about being disrespectful. It's not about thinking you're deserving. It's not about ego. It's about, look, it's really close. Let's be meticulous. We don't want either side to be upset about this. They will be no matter what, I suppose. But we want people to at least be like, hey, we had a chance. We made sure of it. All right, fine. Because if you don't, everyone's going to claim something or the other. People are already starting to call malfeasance. So I think it's very important that we, we treat this stuff very seriously. Let's talk about dirty tricks. Let's talk about the dirty tricks and how they backfired. Some of them very, very funny. I also want to make sure I, I mention, too, there's bad news coming for Democrats. Pelosi, is, I guess, retiring. Many Democrats may be retiring. Yes, yeah, stick around for this one. Check this out. From the New York Post, the media needs to ignore Lincoln liars. Well, here's the image. You probably have seen that. You, you may have seen this story. I mean, I was out for the past week, but this is this is hilarious. You have these five people. Man, this one made me laugh. They're standing next to Youngkin's bus, and they're holding tiki torches, wearing khakis and white shirts. And I guess the idea is they're trying to invoke the night of Charlottesville. Now, it turns out that these guys actually were Democrat activists. And I think it's pretty obvious because it's a particularly diverse group of people pretending to be, you know, alt-right or whatever. But this one I thought was really, really funny because it's painfully obvious that it's just clear that these people are not there supporting him. They wanted to get the media to say bad things about him, I guess. I, I don't see that working, to be completely honest, but okay. And uh, w- w- with this ridiculous stunt, what I found to be the most funny about it, I was like, what if Antifa showed up? Look, you've got a Republican event. Why wouldn't there be protesters? These people then show up dressed like this. I'm like, what would happen if Antifa showed up? And they're like, no, 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 we're not really. We don't really believe it. Antifa wouldn't care. They don't listen. They're just going to go nuts, start beating on these people. This was the stupidest thing I have ever seen. Now, I don't know if this swayed any votes, but a lot of people are saying it backfired. You see this, then you get, I think it was, people were saying Lincoln Project took credit for it. Let me read read for, for you. They say, on Friday, five young Democratic operatives toting tiki torches attempted a, a hoax on Glenn Yunkin. They stood there in the pouring rain next to his bus. The anti-Trump Lincoln Project took the blame for the fraud, which has been dubbed Tiki Gate. But it sure looked like a McAuliffe operation. At least two members of the group haven't have identified as working for Virginia Democrats. See, this is, this is what I'm saying. This is not just Lincoln Project playing dumb games. I mean, they're supposedly Republicans, not really. McCall of spokesman Christina Freundlich was quick to retweet a fo- photo of the Tiki Five. This is who Glenn Youngkin supporters are. You see how dirty these these people are. Her colleague Jen Goodman tweeted, "This is disgusting and disqualifying for Youngkin. Oh, it is laughably bad." I am so proud of all of you guys. I am I am so excited. I am so optimistic, and I am not a fan of Youngkin necessarily. I just am so impressed that people are seeing through this stuff. They're seeing through the lies, they're seeing through the manipulation, they're saying no to this, and after years of me and many others before me talking about wokeness and critical race theory, critical race praxis, and these ridiculous things the cult are doing, people are saying no. I wish people got the message sooner, but message received nonetheless. You know, looking at the elections in 2020 with Congress, there were uh, many districts that uh, the whole thing was shifted red, right? Now, the Republicans didn't take back the House. They didn't win back the Senate. They actually lost a bit of the Senate. But there was a fear that Democrats were going to win everything. What ended up happening was shocking. What ended up going on in, in, say, Miami or South Texas was shocking. Seeing uh, districts that were blue turn red. Miami, of all places. And now we're hearing from more and more Latinos saying that Joe Biden's turning them Republican. So let me show you something. This is not just the, the this is not the only dirty trick we saw, which is backfiring. We have this tweet from Shoe on Head, which is absolutely hilarious. The first thing I want you to see is for those that are watching, you can see this image. It is a uh, political postcard of some sort. It's very positive. It says, Glenn Youngkin, Donald J. Trump endorsed. There is a circle with a red check mark in the middle at the top. And then it says, Glenn, quote, has my complete and total endorsement. Donald J. Trump, official endorsement of Glenn Youngkin. They said, this guy is like Donald Trump. I said, thank you very much. Glenn Youngkin said that. Then it says, President Trump represents so much of why I'm running. Glenn Youngkin, the Chris Stiglitz show. We'll take back Virginia. Donald J. Trump quote, Glenn will truly make Virginia great again. At the bottom, it says, Virginia is very, very winnable, but everybody has to go out and vote. Donald J. Trump, take back Virginia rally, October 13th, 21. You want to know what's funny about this? In the next image, it says, Democratic Party of Virginia paid for by the Democratic Party of Virginia authorized by Terry McAuliffe. Apparently, McAuliffe just this past week said that Glenn Youngkin is campaigning with Donald Trump. And he wasn't. It wasn't true. It just keeps saying it over and over again. Your boogeyman is gone. Trump is not running now. Shuan Head says, Dems are so cripplingly smooth-brained and terminally out of touch, they actually thought this was an own. I couldn't believe it. When I saw this card, I was confused as to what their campaign was attempting to do. Did they genuinely believe that sending out pro-Yunkin mailers was going to hurt him? Obviously, what they were thinking was, we send this to Democrats or to moderates, I suppose, and then they'll be scared of Trump, so they'll vote Democrat? Democrat? I am sick and tired of these people. I got a text message. I told you the story before, but for those that missed it, it said, I'm running against, you know, Lor- Lauren Boebert, and you got to vote for me because she's a Republican, and Republicans are bad, and give me money because Lauren Boebert's bad. And I'm like, so what are you, camp- you going to do? You seriously sent me a message saying that you deserved my money because you hate someone. That has to be the stupidest thing I have ever heard. I won't come to you and say, McAuliffe is bad because, you know, you got to vote against McAuliffe. He's, oh, he's you know, far left. I'll come out and say, I don't much know or care about McAuliffe. My concern about the Democratic Party as a whole is wokeness and critical race theory. And I'll give you some specifics on it, as I often do. If you text me and say, I want to do these things, I'll say, OK. If you message me and says and say, I want you to hate somebody, I'll say, please get away from me. This is what they do. Is This is, this, this, this is what they, they spent their money on. Their idea was people will vote against Donald Trump more than they'll vote for our policies. You can't ignore problems. Kyle Kalinske, He's a, he's a good dude. Um, I disagree with him on a lot of things, but he tweeted that Democrats got entrenched in culture. He said, he said Republicans only have culture war issues. And instead of focusing on substantive uh, on, on, on issues that can make people's lives substantively better, they got dragged into this. And that's not true. It's not true. It is part, partially true that they're involved in culture war within a certain, uh, to a certain extent. But there actually are substantive make life better issues as it pertains to the culture war. When children are coming back to their moms and asking if they're evil, which is a woman testified to this. She said her kid came to her and said, is she evil for being white? And the mom was like, what are you talking about? Why are schools telling their kids these insane things? It has nothing to do with history. The Democrats just say, oh, we're just trying to teach the history of racism in this country. and Republicans want to hide it. Mm, that's not true at all. Now, I think people want to understand the history of this country. But these kids are being in, in, uh, sent this garbage. And parents had enough. And the Democrats tried to ignore it. And instead of addressing these issues, insulted them. It's not, it's not just culture war stuff. This is the future of our children, which matters most to people. Plus, take a look at Joe Biden. You mean with, among independent voters... Biden's approval rating is twenty five percent. And then you sent this. Donald Trump endorses the other guy. How many people do you think voted for Joe Biden who are moderate are like, I regret it. I should not have done that. And they send out this. These people are nuts. But you know what? So be it. They deserve to lose. I got this tweet from Benny Johnson. He says, holy ish, guys. Calls with member of Congress and Hill contacts this AM about Democrat mood and strategy. Three takeaways. Get ready for an avalanche of Democrat retirements, starting with Pelosi. Biden's agenda is dead. No way forward. Kaput. Members are calling McCarthy Mr. Speaker now. No. <laughs> That's not so much a good thing either, but it's really crazy how far uh, uh, things are moving already. Man, I got a whole bunch of tweets that I pulled up. I don't even know what order they're in, but we've got this one. This is Mark Bednar. He's just showing the red shift among Virginia. Look at that. That is a red wave. That is, my friends, a red wave. We got this from Julio Rosas. A tweet from Jorge Banilla. He says, This clip from Virginia will become the subject of nightmares. This is a Hispanic man. In Spanish, he says, I believe that Biden turned me into a Republican. He says Biden is destroying the economy. Inflation is through the roof. Everything is terrible. And that's uh, media, uh, media busters, MRC Latinos. Julio Rosas says Dems using Latinx more often will be a surefire way to bring them back into the fold. You know what? If Democrats want to embrace wokeness and this absolute insanity, by all means, let them do it. I have no allegiance to either party, Democrat or Republican. I'm not a fan of either. Republicans sit on their hands. I think Mike Cernovich tweeted something like this. He said that, uh, I think it was Mike, he said that Democrats go crazy, right? You know, they they pull really hard and things got really bad. So people vote Republican, but under Republicans, things basically just stay the same, And then eventually people get tired of the bad stagnation and then go Democrat and then Democrats make it worse. And that seems to be the order of operations as we have it right now. The Republicans aren't going to improve anything. People are voting Republican because the Democrats are bad and the economy is in the gutter. And they'll vote Republican and things will just kind of stagnate. So I don't know what else people should expect. I don't know exactly uh, uh, what, what can be done except primaries. You got to vote in the primaries. You have to make sure that these do-nothing Republicans like McCarthy, McConnell, or Lindsey Graham are not going to be the Republicans who win. We have, you know, when I was listening to, uh, it was a news clip of, of um, Youngkin, and he's saying school should not be teaching people to be treated differently on the basis of race. I thought to myself, what a moderate position. I mean, actually, it's progressive. So what do the Democrats have to offer? Now rewind the clock back to 2016. Think about Donald Trump. And it's something that we've long talked about. Donald Trump was a moderate. Yeah, he's a bombastic guy, but his policies were fairly moderate. He was pro-America. And so I think a lot of regular people just said, I'll take it. I'll take what he's got to offer, even if he's a potty mouth. The Democrats then said, how do we offer anything? We can't go to the right of a moderate. So they went left. People like Bernie Sanders, who in 2015 said, open borders is a Koch brothers proposal. Then coming out in the, in the primary in 2019 being like, you know, uh, we, we should have a moratorium on deportations, a pathway. Like, wow. he flipped, went further and further left. And Bernie was already a left guy. It's funny, though. The World Socialist website called him a nationalist capitalist because he's not left enough. Here we go. Josh Kroschar. Now, uh, uh, this is just a tweet announcing the uh, the um, concession. So you get it. We've got uh, results uh, shifting. As you may have just noticed, it shifted in, in New Jersey. We've got the results here on New York Times. Got a tweet here from Michael Tracy. This one's good. He says the GOP candidate for governor in New Jersey made minimal news throughout the campaign and received minimal support from national GOP, which was fixated on Virginia, yet is still within a whisker of unseating an incumbent who outspent him and brought in a parade of national Dems to campaign. People are done with the Democrats and everyone seems to be getting ready to move forward. And here we go. Let's talk about 2024, 2022 and 2024. From Team DeSantis, a recession is when your neighbor loses his job. A depression is when you lose yours. A recovery is when Dr. Fauci loses his. This guy, Ron DeSantis, he knows something. He's paying attention to the issues that people care about. In Florida, uh, you you may have seen the the post I made earlier today. I just recovered from COVID. I had uh, the kitchen sink treatment one of which was monoclonal antibodies. Ron DeSantis has been providing monoclonal antibodies to regular people. The Biden administration tried to stop it. DeSantis apparently found a way to get it to people, and it's helping. It really is. It is an emergency use authorization treatment, and it is helping people who, are getting, who, who have gotten sick. I, I was, I'm impressed by that. In 2022, I think we are going to see beyond a blue wave. If democrat retirements are really coming, if Pelosi bows out, what do they got left? There's no there's no leadership. Name a democrat who can run for president. Yeah, nobody could. They could barely do it in 2019. They're like Joe Biden, I guess. We may be looking at the actual uh, Republican, you know, um, super, uh, you know, full control of government. I remember back in 2018, I was like, I think we might even see a Republican supermajority. Why did I think that? And I was wrong, by the way. I thought it because these issues around the culture war that were affecting everybody certainly had to play a role in like pissing people off. But apparently it didn't. I think the reality is maybe it had to get to their kids. You know, because all the people say to me, Tim, I can't stand up for my politics. I've got kids to feed. And then all of a sudden, one day they found that these woke in, the, the cultists were indoctrinating their kids. And then they said, if I don't stand up, my kids are going to be subjected to this for another several years. And so they said, OK, no. 2024, I think what we saw with the right now, white women is hashtag white women trending on Twitter. I think what we're learning is that suburban housewives, namely white women, flipped from Democrat to Republican. I think Donald Trump was a salty candidate. He did really, really well. He got 10 million plus more votes than he did in the, in the prior election, but people really did not like him. So what happens if you get a Ron DeSantis? Here's a guy who's a lot younger, who understands culture war issues, who is doing right by the people of Florida. Everyone's really excited for it. What happens if he runs? Suburban women aren't going to hate this guy. Not like Trump. The media will smear him. You bet. It won't stick. This, DeSantis is, is way savvier. I think, at least for right now, all signs point to a major red wave in 2022 beyond what we were previously expecting. And I think, oh, man, Republican's going to win in 2024. It's an an eternity till then, though. So I'll leave it there. Next segment's coming up at 8 p.m. tonight over at YouTube.com slash TimCastIRL. Thanks for hanging out. We'll see you all then. This is the victory lap narrative we're hearing from the pro-vaccine mandate, the left. They're saying 10,000 NYPD police officers were threatening to quit. Turns out only 34 defied the mandate, which is technically not true. But that's the narrative they're pushing. Because a lot of cops were threatening to quit over the vaccine mandate. There were fears that there was going to be major, a major crisis of crime in New York over this. It was going to backfire. It didn't work. And now here we go. Well, you saw the title of this video. You, you know exactly what's going on. And there's a lot to break, through, uh, break down here. More than 2,000 New York City firefighters out sick as vaccine mandate takes effect. I gotta say, I'm not surprised. The firefighters were the ones who actually put up instead of shutting up. And the NYPD are the ones who, for the most part, shut up. But uh, actually, the narrative about the NYPD also isn't necessarily correct. 34 are placed on unpaid leave. It doesn't mean that only 34 defied the mandate. My understanding is that several thousand are trying to get exemptions from this. But you know, they, they want to take their, 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 their framing devices to make sure they get their victories. Because in reality, what we're seeing is 9,000 NYC workers on leave as vaccine mandate takes effect. So yeah, the vaccine mandate is having a major negative impact on, on New York City. Firefighters. So I actually was watching the news. I'm all sick the other day, right? And I'm watching the news and they're talking about how... If you were to call 911 for for emergency medical service or for fire service, your department might not actually dispatch to you, you, and they're going to have to get someone from further away because 2,000 firefighters said no. So that is a crisis. That is very serious for New York. But you know why I want to talk about this? Uh, there's, there's a lot of news going on. We've got the, 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 the governor's race in Virginia. You got New Jersey. I'm, we're going to talk about all that stuff because it's big, big news. And we've got the Rittenhouse trial. But, you know, if you saw my video from just early this morning, I got sick. And as somebody who runs a business dealing with an outbreak at the business, and, uh, I, I fully understand vaccine mandates and mask mandates and uh, testing requirements and I also understand why they don't work. Having actually experienced, you know, having to f- solve these problems at a company. And I will tell you this, man. You try dealing with, we only have like 30 employees. But you try dealing with employees when people are getting sick. I'll tell you, I was screaming mad. I was livid. Because I, I will say, man, people are disrespectful. And not everybody is willing to do what it takes to solve a collective problem. There were people who were just like lying about being sick. And and how do you think we get it? Well, people get sick and they come into work. In this instance, that's not what happened. Nobody saw this coming. We had negative testing and everything. But, you know, in in trying to deal with it, there are people who are just unwilling to, uh, man, I got to say, here at TimCast, you get sick, you get unlimited sick time. Unlimited. You're sick, go home. You do your thing. Play video games. You're getting paid. I'm, I'm, I, the, the, they want to call me far right. The left wants to say all that stuff about it. No, I'm, I'm pretty lefty in how I run this and how I pay my employees. I'm like, if you're sick, um, just feel free to work from home. Chill at home. You know, we'll, 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 we'll do what we can to help you out. You don't got to worry about it. But people just don't want to, don't want to, people, some people just don't do it. But I did learn it doesn't work. And, and, and it's because we had the negative tests. We have vaccinated employees, not everybody. And one of those vaccinated employees ended up getting sick anyway. Uh, one of, another one of our vaccinated employees didn't get sick. And so I'm like, eh, it's not, like, I'm, I'm not trying to extrapolate any information from that. It's just like, I don't see how a mandate would change any of this. Especially when, you know, I was talking about this a couple weeks ago. If when they announced that even if you are vaccinated, you can get a breakthrough case, they're rare. It's like it's like 10, you're 10 you're percent, uh, 90 90 percent less likely to get it, so it's like substantially lower. But if you do get it, you can't spread it. I'm like, okay, if that's the case, then everyone should still be required to get tests, right? And they go, no, only if you're not vaccinated. And I'm like, but wait, you've got a major, you know, hole in your security on this one if you do that. So it didn't make sense to me. And then having gone through it, you know, I'll get into all of those details uh, in a second. But we also have uh, uh, this story here from the Daily Mail. Forty one Senate Republicans launch bid to nullify Biden's vaccine vaccine mandate on private companies with more than 100 employees. So Republicans are pushing back on this in the private sector. As for the public sector, here's what you're going to get. CBS News reports roughly 2,300 members of the NY, uh, the New York City Fire Department claimed they were sick and didn't show up to work on Monday as the city's COVID-19 vaccine mandate for municipal workers went into effect. All city workers were required to have received at least one dose of the vaccine by October 29th. City leaders suspect many of those who didn't roll up their sleeves feigned illnesses to avoid being disciplined for failing to comply with the health requirement. Roughly 9,000 municipal workers were put on unpaid leave Monday for failing to meet the deadline and comply with the COVID-19 mandate, New York City Mayor Bill de Blasio said. FDNY Commissioner Daniel Nigro said on Monday that firefighters had plenty of time to get vaccinated, and he implored those who have yet to get jabbed to get their shots so they can return to work. Normally, on any given day, fewer than 1,000 department members would be out sick, he said. The FDNY, FDNY employs about 11,000 uniformed workers. And of course, we have from the AP, they say about 9,000 New York City municipal workers were put on unpaid leave for refusing to comply with the COVID-19 vaccine mandate. So about nine in 10 city workers covered by the mandate have gotten vaccinated. Firehouses remain open. So they've got 300,000 employees. So we're talking about... A tiny tiny fraction uh, uh you know what are we looking at like three percent or so of the uh, uh of this of the staff uh, of ny uh, new york city's municipal workers are out not the end of the world significant um and when it comes to the firefighters it's actually a bit more it's nearing 20 uh 20 or so percent of the fire department so that's 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 very very serious step into the world of power loyalty Let me tell you why this doesn't work. And I'll explain to you from my personal experiences. All right. How about this? From Axios. CDC director, U.S. may change definition of fully vaccin- vaccinated as boosters roll out. All right. So let me, let me break down some of the, some, uh, of the more uh, specific details of what went down here and why I think this doesn't work. The, the narrative is, is bunk. We have, we have, we have many employees who are vaccinated and many who aren't, all right? Because it's, I always tell people, talk to your doctor, figure out what makes sense for you. Don't take advice from me. I'm not responsible for your medical choices. And so some people were like, you know, they went and got it and some people didn't. One person who uh, is vaccinated ended up getting sick. Uh, another person who was vaccinated three, uh, uh, around three or four months ago did not get sick. This is a person who cohabitates with another individual who isn't vaccinated and did get sick. And I think that right there says a lot, right? So, so I'm not going to tell you, uh, uh, I don't want to extrapolate too much from this, but I'll just put it this way. The person who got vaccinated and got sick got vaccinated a while ago. The person who got vaccinated and didn't get sick got vaccinated in the past few months. However, the, uh, there's there another individual who got sick earlier in the year got COVID, and also has not tested negative one time. So uh, there's actually a couple employees who um, didn't really get sick from this and had had it in the past. So I think that may be natural immunity. You know what I really learned? I learned, look, a lot of the news we got about this is exactly as it was reported, all right? So they say, you know, there are some studies saying efficacy wanes and boosters are being recommended. They're recommending boosters for uh, Johnson & Johnson. And I'm like, Makes sense. The person who got vaccinated a long time ago uh, ended up getting sick. And the one who didn't got the more recent vaccination didn't get sick. So, hey, that makes a whole lot of sense, right? At least according to how the news reported. And then you have the natural immunity. And so I'm like, okay. so here's the deal. If I said, oh, everybody's got to be vaccinated or else you don't get a test. Here's what would have happened. The people who are vaccinated who uh, The person who ended up getting sick, we would have been like, mm, they're vaccinated, and we would have just carried on. And turns out, it's COVID. So, what, so how, how, the, I don't see how we get a guarantee of security from the vaccine. I fully think the, the individual isn't that sick, right? Which they say it reduces the severity of symptoms. Um, makes sense to me. All right. Well, that still would have gotten other people sick. So just by having a vaccine mandate, we're not any better off or safer. I mean, I I suppose we're safer because people are less likely to get it. But what happens after, you know, they change the definition? What happens if they got their vaccine a long time ago, earlier in the year? And there's like, you know, they never got a boost or anything like that. Just saying like you're vaccinated good isn't solving the problem. Okay, well, how about about, uh, um, a negative testing requirement? We had negative tests. We said to everyone, okay, if you're getting sick, then we want you to take a test, you know, like, let us know what, what, what comes out. And four negative tests. We saw four. And so that, again, false positive. Like, uh, not the test. I mean, this was like us thinking we were in the clear. And then it turns out it's COVID. So I'm thinking to myself, if we really want to make sure this doesn't happen again, what can we do? The fact is, vaccines help. I think that uh, the likelihood of catching it is, 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 is reduced, seems to make sense to me, as we saw with the employee. Uh, however, if, the, if what they're saying about changing the definition and effic- efficacy is true, then I don't know why Im- how implementing that policy is going to be a long-term solution, unless what? I also mandate booster shots? I, ca- I-, I can't do that I, it's, 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 it's absurd and ridiculous. The idea that I have the ability or, or our HR could track down everybody and maintain this. It's insane. Okay. I think what I realized is this is life now. We take it seriously. I wash my hands. We, 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 actually social distance on the show on Timcast IRL. You may have noticed tables big. And everyone's like, why is your table so big? I'm like, we're far away from each other. Hey. And I like it. It's a good big table. So I don't see how these policies are actually going to solve this problem. I extrapolate that data, okay? Figuratively, I literally am not trying to extrapolate data, as I said. But from this experience, I then take a look to the fire department, to the police department, and I'm like, okay. So you get everybody vaccinated, reduces their chance of getting it, reduces severity. All of that is really good. But then someone still does get sick because what we're talking about here is a numbers game, 10, 11,000 firefighters. Even if you reduce by a full order of magnitude the likelihood of catching it, it takes one person with the breakthrough case to spread it around now, still less likely to get it because the vaccine. But now you're not it, it, it's it's a false, sense of, false sense of security, in my opinion. I think that's my, my takeaway from this. So now we, we, we bring this out and we look at what the, what's going on with private businesses. If I experience this and I'm like, I don't see how we solve for this. What's the point of being mandated if I was at 100 employees? Let me tell you something. I was furious. We had people here who were, I'm not sick. I'm totally fine. Yo, if you are sick, do not come into work. This is not... Some cutthroat corporation where we're like, everyone's got to come in no matter what. I see these posts on the anti-work subreddit where they're like, called in sick. My boss would demand that I come in you know, regardless. And I said, no way, I'm sick. And then they were like, well, you have to work because we need you. And then, they, and then I quit. And I'm like, yo, we're the opposite. How dare you come into work sick? I don't want anybody getting sick. I don't want to get sick. I don't want any other worker to get sick. We get somebody, somebody gets sick. They can't, they can't work. It's not the same as like, you need to be in, you know, it's weird. Like, I guess if you're working at a restaurant, you know, and they're like, someone needs to be here to do this job we well, you should not be going and working at a restaurant if you're sick, that's for sure. But here it's like, yo, people can work from home, right? But for, but I, I tell you this, man, I guess people just really love being here. If you've watched the vlog, maybe you get it. We've got the Chicken City is now up and running. You know, the chickens are in and we're going to, well, we got to put the cameras in and everything. And then we're gonna have the Chicken City show. We're gonna have the Chicken City YouTube live stream. It's it's hilarious. Chickens, they do the little chicken thing. It's great. All right. So, so we got a lot of fun stuff going on. We got skate parks. We got music. Everybody wants to be here. And I'm like, that's, I understand, but people also have to work here. And so we had people being like, I'm going to come in to work sick. That is uncool. And then I'm I'm just thinking like, see, that's why these companies do the vaccine mandates. That's why they do the negative testing requirements, because someone's someone knows they're getting sick, but they don't care and they show up anyway, and then it can get everyone else sick. Now, again, that's not what happened in this regard. We had an employee had no idea uh, he was sick, got tested later, and I do not fault anybody. Look, I don't fault people for getting sick. But if you know you're sick and you come in, that's like spitting in our faces Like, cause we're trying to, we're trying to do our work. We're trying to get by and nobody wants to get sick. Ain't no shame in taking several days off or I'm like, dude, unlimited sick time. That's what we do here. Here you get unlimited sick time. If you are sick for two weeks, I'm like, just, you know, at a certain point I'll say, we'll try and find someone to fill in for you, but just get better. You know, not going to cut your pay. You don't even got to think about it. We just make sure that you're healthy because what I believe in is passion because passion and, and, and being comfortable, I believe, drives success. So I don't want to have a place of work where people are stressed out, like I can't get the job done. Oh, I'm going to get in trouble. No, you're not. Now, don't screw me over. That's the other thing. I can't be like, you will never face penalty for not doing your job. You got to do your job. You got to work. But we want you to feel comfortable and know that you don't got to worry about it because getting sick happens, especially now with COVID, Right. So we're trying to make the, we're trying to make it a place where we can we can all work together. We can we can be passionate about our jobs. We can, we don't, don't got to get stressed out about it. And so I'm like these things happen. But I can tell you this man. You get you get angry. You, you someone gets you sick and you're trying to work, you get it. You're like, "Man, I can't believe this person got me sick. You're mad about it." And then and then and then and then you think if, if we had a negative testing requirement or mandates, maybe this wouldn't have happened. And honestly, I thought that the first thing I thought was like, well, if we had a VAX mandate and a testing requirement, man, it never would have happened. And then I thought to myself, the problem with that is like, you know, the, the logic just falls apart immediately. It, it, it popped in my head. I'm like, this is why they do it. And then I thought about it. I'm like, and that's why it doesn't work. Because we, we, we went out and we got a bunch of uh, these tests and we had four negative tests and we thought we were just going to be sick. We thought we were just going to get a cold and I was like, eh, it'll be a couple days and then I'll be back, at, I'll be, I'll be back to normal. But then it started escalating and then I took a test and, and I tested positive. So I think the reality is we need to be cautious. I think everything that I and many others have said in the past is, is accurate. You need, uh, we need to protect the vulnerable. We need to take it seriously, social distancing, you know, uh, things like that, washing your hands, sanitizing. And we need to realize that we can't hide from it. You know, it's, it's kind of crazy to me because I feel like that if we went back to half, if, if we went back to normal, like getting like just I, I think it's fair to say we're, we're mostly back to normal. I'm not trying to say what we're not. But now they're doing like, you know, mask and vaccine requirements and stuff. And I'm like, that's actually not going to going to solve the problem. But I suppose if these other companies are going to do their thing, fine, whatever, I think discriminating on the basis of medical uh, uh, ability, like procedures is, is, is wrong. And I think we just need we need people to, to step up. I, I think the left, you know, the way they see it is the, the Democrats the mandate people Stepping up means getting vaccinated and all that stuff. And I'm like, I get it. I do. What am I going to do? Just, okay, no exemptions. Then I say exemptions. Then people say, I would like to claim one. And then I say, okay, it's just ridiculous. It absolutely just makes no sense. What I think the problem is, is that there, there are people who are just willing to be disrespectful They're uh, unwilling to accept that they're sick. It reminds me of these movies I see where it's like people are in a quarantine and they try to break the quarantine and get out. And I'm like, yo, you're really sick. Like, if you get out, you could end up spreading the disease like outside of your city. I can't remember what movie it was. There's like a zombie apocalypse or something. And then people are like, we need to escape quarantine. And I'm like, no, no, you don't. Like, I'll tell you this where I live, if the word came down and they said, this county is being quarantined because of a zombie outbreak, I'd be like, time to, time to bunker down. Why? Because I, I, I understand why quarantines are implemented. But everybody says, I'm not going to be trapped here. It's like, yo, if you're sick and you're told to quarantine and then you go out and get people sick, that is a dick move. And there are people who do it. And so the response then is people are going to say, mandate them, mandate all of them, let them, if they want to be dicks, fine. But I'm like, yo, I'm not going to mandate 99 people because one person's a dick. We accept that, that it is better that 10 guilty persons escape than one innocent person suffer. You see that, that, that logic is beyond just criminal trials, right? It is a part of my worldview, If you, if there is one person who would do something wrong, I'm not going to punish every single person or put burdens and responsibility on everyone because one or two people would do something bad. This is the problem I think Democrats have. The elite, Republicans and Democrats alike, they view regular people as too stupid to do the right thing. And you know what? The reality is they're not completely wrong. However, they want to be in charge because they know better. Well, I'll tell you this. I know better than a lot of people. I know you do too, but I don't want to be in charge. I don't want to tell someone what to do. If someone does something dumb, I'll say, stay away from me. That's that. It's that simple. I don't like smoking, right? I don't like cigarette smoke. I don't like the smell. I don't like being around it. And if someone... If, if there's someone, I go to the casino, right? Someone's uh, smoking a cigarette at a table. I'll get up and go to a different table. Like if I see a table, someone's smoking at it, I will choose not to go to that table. If someone comes to my table smoking, well, now they've come to me, but if the casino allows it, I'll finish out my hand and just I'll get up and go somewhere else. I got no problem. I'm not mad at the guy. I'm not going to complain about it. I'm going to seek out to improve my situation. This is the, this, this is the reality I think I'm going to face. And we hear um, that we're going to take it seriously as we do. We, 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 we clean often. We have a cleaning, as I mentioned before. Um, it is an extremely brutal illness. You know, it's really funny. There are people who are like uh, tweeting at me and things like that saying like, it's just the sniffles and like, I, what, a, what a loser. And Yeah, everybody gets it different. And I got it really bad. I'm not kidding how bad I got it. it I, I, I will say I had it really bad. I was, I was calling the hospital. I was on the verge of going to the emergency room. And then I got the, the kitchen sink treatment. All right. Some people didn't get that bad. A, a bunch of people were like, yeah, I feel sick. And I'm like, man, like, why did I get it so bad? You know, I was reading something about Asian people having more ACE2 receptors. And that could be a, that could be a factor. Um, I'm only part Asian. Or maybe I just... Some people get it bad. You know, um, I think... I think it's like five percent around there get hospitalized, uh, of of those who do get COVID. I mean, this is a serious sickness, man. Um, I, I that's why I've always been like, don't the people who say it's just the flu are wrong. Like, take it seriously, because you know what else happens is poetic poetic justice. These people who are all like, eh, it's not that bad, all of a sudden they get slammed by, it and they're going to be like, oh, this is really bad. So I take it seriously, but I don't think that these these mandates are going to do are, are going to do what people think they're going to do. And I think the interesting thing is with all the mandates in place now, people are complaining that COVID deaths are, are actually higher this time this year than they were last year. So I just don't think this stuff's working. In the end, New York is going to be crippled So, you know, by, by the, the, the employees not working. I'll leave it there. Let's talk about the election. Next segment's coming up at 4 p.m. over at youtube.com slash TimCast. Big election news. This is a huge red wave incoming. Thanks for hanging out. I'll see you all then.